Chelsea. This woman is a disgrace. Hey guys, thanks for stopping by Chelsea Disgrace Podcast. Hope you're all having a super day. Um, I just wanted to take a quick minute before I uh, jump into today's topic just to say uh, thank you to everyone who has been listening to me rant on for about 20 minutes every two weeks about stuff that probably just makes you want to cringe. But um, I really do appreciate it. And um, I really love hearing your feedback. And uh, when you tell me that you've shared it with your friends, I'm all like, yeah, but for real, um, I really genuinely get excited about it. So it's really super cool, you guys. And um, I actually had a girl from Australia message me on Instagram to tell me how much she liked the podcast. So I was like super stoked about that. So um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, I don't like sappy moments, so we'll just dive right on into today's topic, which is uh, my bucket list. So um, most people have like general goals in life like you know land their dream job buy a house get married start a family which like are super legit goals but I'm more of a like non-settle downy type person so if by 27 I have like no desire at all to have a big girl job or a husband or kids I'm probably never gonna want these things so I live my life uh, by my bucket list and um, that's just a list of things that I I'd like to do or places I like to see before I die and uh, sometimes I cheat because I end up doing like really super awesome things I never knew I wanted to do so then I just kind of add them to the bottom of the list and afterwards I just cross them off just so I can remember like all the cool shit I've done and stuff like that. But um, I like to live this way, so if I die, um, like, not if I die, but this isn't Twilight, but when I die, uh, my ghost can be like, yep, I, I lived life the way I wanted to, you know, I, I got shit done and I'm, I'm happy with my performance. I'm assuming that's what I'll sound like, like when I'm a ghost. So uh, I'll share a couple of stories with you about a few things I've already crossed off my list and um, maybe it'll inspire you to make your own list or like whatever or don't be inspired do what you want and care but um so a pretty uh a vague thing on my bucket list was to do something spontaneous to make people laugh and one of uh, my favorite stories about being spontaneous was uh, my first trip to las vegas now i think i was about uh 21 or like 22 at the time so it was roughly five years ago and like, I'm a self-admitting train wreck of a person nowadays, but I was no doubt worse five years ago. Like, currently today, I'm 27 years old, and I live in a city that over the course of my lifetime has only been recognized for two things, and one being called the Earth's Rectum by Stephen Colbert, and being featured on Jimmy Kimmel because uh, we had a town vandal who would trim bushes into the shape of penises. And uh, I wish I knew who was behind that because, like, I would pay, like, a decent amount of money to him to, like, trim my lady bush into a really cool shape, like the Millennium Falcon or something super sweet like that. 
So aside from living here, I'm also living with my parents and work at a minimum wage job serving coffee to people who drive Ferraris and like threaten to murder me in my sleep if I don't stir their coffee like 3.5 times, which makes me want to sometimes, you know, excuse myself to the washroom and drown myself in the toilet bowl. So currently that's my life. And compared to five years ago, I now have my shit together. So it's kind of sad, but... Yeah, not not only um, is this story a matter of Chelsea Degra- uh, Disgrace Does Vegas, um, this is Chelsea Disgrace Does Vegas for St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, respectively, my friends and family assumed I'd be coming home with, like, a leprechaun husband or something. Sorry, something which um, I'm sure isn't too unrealistic based on uh, previous shenanigans I've pulled. So we're in Vegas and uh, it's St. Patrick's morning and I'm already like wasted enough to sleep with like Gilbert Godfrey or someone like equally as unsexy. I don't know, like who's unsexy, like Barry Manilow or something. So anyways, uh, my girlfriends and I stopped at a subway on the strip and are getting like, you know, not the kind of foot long you come to Vegas for, but a much needed submarine sandwich to, you know, refuel our bodies and soak up some of the breakfast booze in there. So we're at Subway dining on low quality lunch meat when one of my friends is like, okay, guys, like it's St. Patrick's Day. We're in Vegas. Someone needs to do something crazy. So that everyone looks over at me, and I had only what I guess was like bologna dangling from my mouth and shreds of lettuce all over my tits. Now, I'm the kind of person who will do anything to get a laugh out of my friends, which, you know, includes, but is not limited to, bodily harm and alterations. So we um, we all had a bet that uh, we would walk the strip from our current location there at the subway there. And we walked down to the uh, tattoo shop, and on the way, we would ask 100 people if they think I should get a tattoo on my ass. And if at least 51 out of 100 said yes, then I was, like, fully prepared to go forth with this noble quest bestowed upon me, so... Uh, We grabbed a pen and a subway uh, napkin and drew like a little yes and no tally chart on it, which I'm pretty sure I still have today. And uh, we went on our merry way down the strip there. And almost every single group of people we asked, um, we would stop and have a drink with them and, you know, get to know where they were from, which was really nice. And um, we even asked a police officer who was like all for the ass tat. So by the time we got down to the tattoo shop, only one guy out of 100 people said I shouldn't go through with it. And that one guy was a middle-aged man wandering the streets like alone in a tucked-in golf shirt. So he's probably there searching for his wife who wandered off with some like Mexican club promoter who promised to show her a good time or something. So the results were in and it looked like I was about to have my ass penetrated. And, you know, not with dicks or butt plugs this time, but with needles and ink. Now, I don't actually really remember much of how it happened but uh, apparently the whole time I was threatening to fart in the artist's face if it hurt too much which pretty much sounds exactly like something I would say so the the only thing I really remember from that is actually waking up 
in my hotel room around like four in the afternoon and I was more hungover than like babies off Michael Jackson's balcony and my ass just feels like I've sat on a hive of rapist bees and then I remember about the tattoo and I'm like oh my god like please let this be a dream please let it be a dream so like I roll my ass out of bed I'm army crawling like over to the mirror and I lift up my skirt and I saw it. It was a cute little shamrock with Vegas written in cursive, just like right smack dab in the middle of my right ass cheek, just Vegas, like plain old Vegas. So Vegas fucked me in the ass in the form of permanent ink. And sometimes I forget it's there. And when I end up sleeping with a guy for the first time and it's like three minutes in and he gets bored of like looking at my face and flips me over to finish me off doggy style, they're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, well, like now you have something to aim at when you're like busting your load on my ass, right? So yeah, that happened. Big old tattoo on the ass and uh, sometimes people ask me um, if I had the chance to remove it for free, would I do it? And you know what? I I don't think I would. Like, it's a great memory and I honestly, I just can't wait for it to like start sagging when I'm all old and shit and it'll look more like an oak tree than a clover and it'll be like Vegas, which would be like pretty badass. So yeah, that happened. Uh, another bucket list story, which is one of my favorites, um, one of my favorite types of foods uh, tends to come served on any of the following. So tortilla wraps, like ciabatta buns, sourdough bread, panini rolls, uh, buns with the uh, sesame seeds on them, those are good, um, pretzel buns, cheese buns, Texas toast, rye bread, pitas, uh, pumpernickel bread, rosemary bread, bagels, garlic buns, or like so pretty much any type of bread-like apparatus. So basically what I'm trying to stress here is that I really like sandwiches. Uh, like I have like a, a really strong appreciation and respect for the art of sandwich making. And I go fucking crazy for a legit sandwich, like regardless of what's on it. Like you could spread some pussy on a sandwich and I'd go down on it like Harrison Ford in an airplane. So with that image in mind, I think you can understand just how much I like sandwiches. So uh, a couple years back, I was embarrassed when I realized I've never had a Philly cheesesteak sandwich before. So a couple of friends like gave me some recommendations as to where I could find a pretty decent Philly cheese uh, here in my city. But I thought to myself, like, Chelsea, we love sandwiches, right? And I'm like um yeah and herself pretty sure we've been over this before like okay okay well uh, i have a bit of an idea a sandwich idea and i'm like well you know what in herself last time you had a sandwich idea we ended up with a messy kitchen but a sandwich comparable to the work of a 50s housewife so you know what i trust you let's hear this okay okay so this may be a little out there but how about for our first Philly cheesesteak sandwich, why don't we go to Philadelphia? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, yes, inner self, you are brilliant. So once I had this idea in my mind, it was something I had to do. So that went on my bucket list right away. 
have my first Philly cheesesteak sandwich in Philadelphia. So uh, usually when I add something to my bucket list, it just uh, kind of stays there for a while till I get the opportunity to accomplish it, um, which sometimes takes a while because of the fact that I work all the time, somehow have no money, and I'm super, super lazy. However, this mission involved food, and therefore it was a high priority. So a couple weeks later, uh, my friends Amanda and Dylan, hey guys, uh, along with myself, uh, rented a car and three brave and hungry souls headed to Philly in search of the authentic taste of a shaved beef marinated in holy water and sautéed in like what I imagine is the jizz of a thousand gods and slapped onto a fresh roll made from dough kneaded by the hands of virgins smothered in like probably like just cheese whiz because cheese is expensive. The best part of uh, trying to accomplish any goal is finding out that you can actually accomplish many other ones on the way, which uh, is exactly what this entire trip consisted of. So it's pretty cool. So uh, back then, the show Jersey Shore was really popular, and I'm only slightly ashamed of myself to admit that I was a pretty big fan. So on the way to Philly, we ended up visiting the Jersey Shore house and snapping a few pics, and we bought shirts from like the store the cast worked at and stuff like that um, and it was cool because uh, my friend had always wanted to put her feet in the ocean so we got to scratch uh, something off her list as well so uh, um, and then we were back on the road onwards to, uh, towards sexy sandwich time so uh, by the time we got to our hotel in Philly that night it was around uh, 10 p.m. Uh, so the original plan was to just hang out around there around the hotel and then go to bed and then we'd grab uh, the sandwich for lunch the next day but hi, ADD kid over here, like I need some stimulation or I get restless and whiny and I start jumping off furniture with like plastic bags hoping I'll fly. So uh, we all went out and we explored the city where we ended up at a karaoke bar. So what uh, drew us into that bar wasn't like the drink prices or the nice atmosphere or anything like that. No, it was the fact that it sounded like William Hung was performing and I really didn't want to miss like the opportunity to see him live. So we headed on inside and took a seat at the bar, but unfortunately it wasn't William Hung. It was just like a plain old Asian man who was like really really bad at singing and like my ears were so upset with me that they actually like detached themselves from my head and stormed off like back to the hotel where they probably took a shower and put on the bathrobes and just sat on the big comfy bed like just talking shit about me all night so we're here at the karaoke bar and the bartender was like like pretty pretty looking like he could put his swizzle stick in my martini any day, God. Like, I wanted him to garnish my ring with his salt. Like, I wanted him to put, like, his cocktails in my mouth, minus the tails part. So, basically, just his cock would go in my mouth, like like dick sucking. So, basically, he was really hot, and I'd let him do sexy things to me. So, I thought him and I were kind of vibing a bit, but then, again, I once thought that me and this guy were vibing out vibing at a club one time until he asked me if I was a prostitute because he had a friend in need so I wasn't too sure about the situation but anyway I made the uh, mistake of telling my friends that singing karaoke was on my bucket list as well and they were all like you gotta do it and I'm like nope 
nope, not happening, nope, come on, we'll pick this song for you, no, we promise not to videotape it, uh-uh, no, you can't be worse than the Asian man, nope, nope, sorry, no, we'll buy you a drink and pay for your cheesesteak, fine, I'll do it. So I got up there and I gave my best rendition of uh, Son of a Preacher Man and I really didn't think I was like that bad until I finished singing and I took my seat back at the bar and then the Asian man who pissed off my ears earlier that night comes up to me and he's like, oh, you good singer, very good, you and me, do duet later. And then he high fives me and walks away and I'm thinking, well, I gotta get out of here, and also, I do owe Dusty Springfield an apology for butchering her song. Dusty, I'm sorry, I know what I did was wrong, and I hope you can see past this and, you know, not resurrect yourself from your grave and, like, haunt me for the shame I brought upon your hit classic, so I'm really sorry about that. So we whipped out our uh, visitor's guide and sifted through the pages looking for our next stop. And I find this bar called Coco Bananas. And underneath the ad it says, best margaritas in town. And I'm thinking, best margaritas in town? How the fuck could this go wrong? It can't. Margaritas are delicious and refreshing and make me horny. This was clearly where we needed to be. Except once we walked over to the place, we realized um, it was, I don't know how to put this, but um, you know when you get uh, like an order of curly fries and there's one regular fry in there and it's like, oh, okay, like not what I asked for, but I ain't mad about it. Well, it's sort of like that, except the curly fries were black people and we were the fry. And rather than being like, Hey, I ain't mad about it. We were fucking terrified. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm the furthest thing from racist, but I'm also not stupid. A two of the whitest female honkies you can find in a flaming homo walk into a bar full of big booty black women and thug life looking dudes. And you know something's bound to happen. Like some sort of shit is going to go down. So before we realized we had stumbled on like the black version of Cheers, we had already pointed at the place and we're all excited like, oh my God, here it is. This is the place best margaritas in town and like no doubt the people outside us uh, outside the club heard us getting all jazzed up for a nice evening cocktail so if we were to just bypass it it would be sort of obvious that we were uncomfortable going inside which might offend someone which might result in us getting our asses kicked which would then probably put a bit of a damper on the whole like sandwich adventure so we uh, we rose the parks that shit, and uh, we walked straight up on in there, and it was so disgusting. Like, the whole bar was carpeted, and it sort of looked like somewhere they would probably film a Saw movie, and it smelled like old fruit and, like, skid mark riddled underwear. It was literally packed with people from the window to the wall like sweat was dripping down my balls and this bitch wanted to crawl on out of there like oh skeet skeet motherfuckers but yeah even though it was packed uh we were the only white people in the entire place uh it was like imagine it was like if the golden girls went to a g unit concert on accident because they thought it was like the geriatrics unit which 
I wish would have been an episode because I can imagine it being pretty funny and I picture it like Rose will be like, oh dear, I don't think we're in the right place. And then like Dorothy will come in with her sarcastic wit like, oh no, Rose, what was your first clue? The lack of pediasure or the fact that instead of a coat check, you could check your nine millimeter at the door. And then Blanche, who's the slutty one, will be like all horned up with her eyes wide and a big smile like, well, I don't know about you girls, but might as well make the best out of the situation now. And then she'll venture off and go get fucked by like three to four black men while Sophia's like, well, I haven't seen this much black since Edna's funeral. And then all the girls would end up charming their way to the front of the stage, just having black man dicks pressed up against their sciaticas all night long. And they just fucking love it. But yeah, we came for the margaritas and we stayed for like nothing because it was so gross um we didn't stay too long once we had to use the pages of the visitor's guide to wipe our cooters because the bathroom which might i add was decorated with chunks of vomit was out of toilet paper we decided yeah it's time to go so uh we ventured onto another bar where we got completely fucking hammered until closing time when we decided that hey this is the perfect time to finally get that Billy cheesesteak sandwich. So we took a cab to Pat's King of Steaks, which is supposed to be like the place to go. Like I did my research. I wasn't half assing this shit. And amongst my research findings, I found out that um, if you don't know what you want and you aren't ready to like riddle off your order, then you're sent to the back of the line. And I wasn't going through that embarrassment. So they even uh, give instructions on the website on how to order a sandwich. So it was like a step one. Specify if you want your steak with or without onion. Step two, specify a plain cheese whiz, provolone, American, or pizza steak. Step three, have your money ready, cash only. Step four, order just your steak at the first window. The second is for fries and drinks. And then step five, eat up while it's hot. So offending a sandwich artist is like the last kind of person in the world that I would want to offend. I mean, like, fuck religious people or like colored people. Fuck the gays and the vegans and shit. Like pissing off someone making my sandwich is not something I could forgive myself for. So for like days before the trip, I practiced ordering my sandwich in my mirror like I was in like the eight mile movie or something like, okay, no more games. You only got one shot, one opportunity to order your sandwich like one sandwich with onion and cheese whiz please sir so i'm in line feeling just like a plethora of emotions i felt like a bride walking down the aisle at her wedding walking slow can't stop smiling nervous but excited at the same time knowing i'm about to take this big step in my life and i was just beaming and i ordered it flawlessly too even though i was more drunk than you know my mother after 6 p.m on a wednesday night i took that baby back to the hotel and unwrapped its layers slow at first and then and aggressively and then I stroked it a bit and took a photo shoot with it and then I ravaged that bitch it was so fucking good it was like sex it was no no it was better than sex because I didn't get bored halfway through eating it and every bite was so meaty and cheesy and greasy and then after I ate the whole thing I realized how drunk I was and then I threw it all back up which a classic Chelsea move but alas I had accomplished another bucket list item 
And then to make the trip even better, I crossed another thing off my list the next day. So I've always had this overwhelming urge to snap a picture of myself next to the Liberty Bell with my ass crack sticking out because, you know, like the Liberty Bell has that crack in it, right? So I thought, well, I'm in town. Might as well just swing by and do that. But unfortunately, there are two guards that legit just stand beside the Liberty Bell like all day. So it was basically impossible to pull down your pants in front of like this fragile piece of history. So um, I did it anyway. I'm so proud of myself. Um, I'll put the picture on Instagram. So if you follow me at Chelsea Disgrace, I'll uh, maybe I'll even put up a picture of my ass tat for you. But yeah, I think uh, a bucket list is a great thing to have, especially if you're more of a wanderlust or live life without a certain direction. And my list has like a bajillion things on it. But some things I've accomplished so far are like uh, see New York City tree lighting live, um, sit on the edge of the Grand Canyon, run a half marathon. And then, of course, there's many food related uh, related goals like eating Chicago style pizza in Chicago, uh, get a hot dog from the streets of New York, have breakfast at Tiffany's, etc., etc. And um, and there's still like many many uh, things on my list I still have to do. Um, my biggest one being to pet and kiss a sea lion, and obviously to have someone reenact Patrick Swayze's sex scenes from both Ghost and Dirty Dancing with me, but. That one's kind of a long shot. You know, I can't accomplish every goal I set out for myself. But one goal I do have is to make you feel better about yourself. One Chelsea Grace problem at a time. Till later. See ya.